On this episode, we're joined by Ben Wilson, who you probably know as the producer of the extremely popular My First Million podcast. What you may not know, though, is that Ben caught Sean and Sam's eye through his own podcast, How to Take Over the World. So in this episode, Ben joins us to tell us why he started a project about world domination, how that has changed him as a person, the specific process he uses for creating new episodes, and of course, we talk about what his experience working on the MFM podcast has been like. This is one of my favorite inside podcasting type episodes we've done yet. If, if you want to learn how creators think and execute, this one is for you. So let's get into it with Ben Wilson from How to Take Over the World. Put that content down. Content. The clothes is on. What's your name? Content. That's my name. <laughs> you know why, mister? Because you drove a Hyundai to get here tonight. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. Content is for closers. All right, all right, all right. We are back with another episode, Carlton. This was a great one with Ben Wilson. I have to ask you, have you ever met somebody who you feel like is a another, like just another universe or another... Yeah, like another person that's like you in a different region or environment. Yeah, man. I no, I totally understand. There was a lot of similarities between uh, you and Ben. You were uh, well. I would say between us and Ben. Like, yeah. I think if if you take Ben, I mean you and me, and like mix them together and and sprinkle in some, you know, instead of you know evangelicalism, you sprinkle a little Mormonism salt on top of that from from Salt Lake, then you get Ben. And that, that's exactly how I felt. There's just so many similarities between uh, the way we came up, the the jobs we had previous to going into podcasting, basketball, all, all these different things. And talking to him and hearing his story made those come even more into the light. What did you think about the, the conversation with Ben? Well, you know, first, before we get too far into it, Adam, I need to uh, I need to correct you on, on a small detail in this episode. You said that I hate Notion, which is blatantly that's right. false. <laughs> that, that's this is we can you're too too like proper to say hate. I understand, but the truth of it is, if I say Notion, I get daggers from you. A visual. No, language. no. Okay, so yeah. To be fair, there is a time at which I was very dismissive of Notion because they did not have a third party API, and so that was one of my main. My main reasons of concern, because you can automate things, you could get all your stuff in there, and then, you know, there was no way to connect other services. But now they fixed that. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, we, we committed to using ClickUp for our business. So that's kind of where I've put most of my energy and, and focus. But for all you Notion fans, please do not be... Uh, <laughs> email Carlton with your takes. <laughs> In fairness, I said the reason you didn't like Notion was because you're too smart. For yeah, Notion. that's not true at all. That's I feel like that's a great compliment uh, from me. You're focusing on the negative. But yeah, fair enough. Yeah, is, besides the Notion thing, what what stood out to you from, from Ben's? Yeah, sorry to derail that. So yeah, <laughs> I, I think a lot of people think about content as a zero-sum game. Like if you don't, if you don't have a breakout viral success then creating content wasn't wasn't worth it. And that's just simply not true. And I think Ben is a good example of that, how where you know he talks about how he has had to some degree an amazing success with his podcast, How to Take Over the World. 
but he still loves doing it and he still does it because he enjoys the research. He enjoys the process of writing. And I think, you know, a lot of people, if you can reframe the process of content creation as one of exploration and of learning, then it's never uh, a zero sum game. It, it, there's always a benefit to it. And there's always a way that you can enjoy it to some degree. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of things that could be taken away from this episode, but I think that was one that was worth mentioning. Yeah. Wow. I, I really hadn't thought of it that way. I don't think, but I think my behavior or my actions and the way that I behave would say that I believe that. Like if, if, if you don't have a big outcome, if you don't have a huge splash, then in some ways it does feel like at times, what are we doing here? You know, but to your point and to Ben's example, what we're doing here is building a long-term compounding success product of machine, you know, that, that extends your brand in lots of ways. That's a great point. I also enjoy just hearing the depth of his process. We had uh, Rachel Canner last week and we talked about the importance of really thinking deeply about what you're creating, which I think is something that can be a little bit of a lost art with the, the lower barrier to entry for digital content. And what Ben, the process he describes, and I don't want to give it all, but is like so painful and so time consuming and it shows that's why his product ends up being, being so good at the, at the end of it. Yeah, that's a great point. And I think too, you know, we, we obviously were interested in, in the interview as well because of his connection with my first million and just, he talks a little bit about his experience working with them. And so I, I think, I guess from a 10,000 foot view, um, looking at content as a way to connect with people, they may not be like, you know, celebrities in a certain area, but just connect with people in general is one of the, the most amazing parts of content creation that a lot of people don't, don't realize is, is there for the taking. Yeah. I've been working on this take and I've used it in several of my interviews recently. It's something to the effect, like it's not fully baked, but it's something to the effect of if you're just doing advertisements or if that's how you're thinking about monetizing your, your show, then you're lazy and good for nothing. And so I need to like craft the words around it, but it's, it's something around that. So we'll, we'll see, you know, where that goes. All right. Today's interview or five-star review. We have a pretty short one, but wanted to keep this going. It's from cage fighter. That's the, that's the name of the reviewer. It is a five star review. The subject is great content and cage fighter says, love the content and the selection of the creators you have as guests. Thank you. Content is for closers for making this show. Very nice. Very kind. Very short. Appreciate it. Cage fighter. You too can leave your five-star review. We always appreciate it. But with that, Carlson, anything else before we get to the interview with Ben Wilson? I think that's good. Let's get into it. All right, we're back with another episode. We've got Ben Wilson of How to Take Over the World. Ben, thank you so much for uh, joining us here. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. My, my first question is, I didn't send this to you in the pre-notes because I, I didn't want to prepare you for it. And that question is, should be, should we be worried about you? I feel like a lot of times there's these, you know, these monarchs, these people who come to power and we're like, man, there were all these signs, you know, they were telling us who they were for years prior and we just didn't pay attention. It feels like the dude who has a podcast about how to take over the world, like that could be a red flag. Should be, should we be worried? 
Yeah, absolutely. The answer is absolutely. You never, <laughs> you never know with me, right? I, I could go off at any time. Yeah. I just want you to know that um, I could. I could do it. I could take over the world. Like, it's sure. only my benevolence that holds me back. <laughs> well, thank you. It's very kind of you to not to not do that. Um, but obviously, you are the creator and host of the podcast, How to Take Over the World. Huge fan here. And I'm curious, kind of take us back to, to the beginning. You've been doing it for a couple of years now, I think. How did that how did that come to be? Yeah. So initially it was just I love biographies. And I would get this feeling when I was reading a new biography of just so amped, so excited, especially, you know, if it's one of these people who who I'd find really inspirational. So I started thinking, I wish I could index these notes a little bit better. I wish I could re- retain and remember the things that I'm learning from these biographies a little bit better. And so then I started thinking, well. What if I created something from this? What if what what if I turned it into a, a book or some blog posts or a podcast? And I had an old microphone sitting around, so I decided, okay, I'll turn it into a podcast to to help me retain some of some of wow. the, my notes a little bit better. And it all it's all history from there, as they say. Really? So it was just it was just completely a because I know you you also do this right now, or maybe now at this point you do you do podcast production, but was that followed by your own creative kind of discovery? Yeah. So my journey into the world of, of content and media came from how to take over the world. Oh, very so cool. essentially someone heard the podcast, thought it was good, said, Hey, do you want to come do production for us? We're really impressed with your show. And so one thing turned into another and, and here I am. So, so when you go back to the, how you were thinking about it, obviously biographies, um, there's a lot of ways you could have taken, taken biographies. I think what's unique about your show is it has this actionable, you know, title and concept right off the bat where you're listening for these insights that will inevitably help you as the listener, you know, succeed. You're not probably going to try to take over the world, but you want to take over something an industry, et cetera. Where did that concept come from? Uh, yeah, exactly. I like to say that it is a uh, personal development podcast masquerading as a history podcast. Okay. And, and so that idea came from my own need, you know, that's kind of what I was getting out of it. And, and look, I don't want to be disingenuous, right? Because I did do it for my own benefit to like retain and learn what I was already reading better. But there was somewhere in the back of my mind that when I came up with it, I realized, you know, this is pretty good. Like I, I do (laughs) think this could be something. Yeah, for sure. And, and so I did know from the beginning that I wanted it to be something I like, there was definitely a part of me that wanted people to listen to it and wanted it to be big. And I had some inkling that maybe I could make some money from it someday and it has worked out. Listen, ambition is a tenant of any great conqueror. I feel like (laughs) you're just following the book. You mentioned there that uh, you were trying to find a way to index the show or index your notes just out of curiosity. Do you use any system? Like I know there's a lot of people who use Tiago Forte's second brain, is there something like that or just kind of your own, your own system you've invented? Yeah. So I use notion and nothing too sophisticated. What I have started doing is, uh, instead of writing my notes, I actually just, so it's a, it's a whole system. I basically, I read with my AirPods in and I hit record on my phone for uh, a voice note. Okay. And then as I'm reading, I just say out loud, Oh, cool. My, my takeaways. And if there's any quotes that I love, I say those quotes, I enunciate them very clearly. And then what I do, so that turns into like a, whatever, a 10 hour audio clip. I then insert it into some software called Descript and I can automatically trim the silences. So it takes out all the silences. 
So then there's a 10 hour audio clip turns into a, frankly, like a 20, 30 minute uh, audio clip. Mm -hmm. I, I do it that way because I go so much faster now. I don't have to interrupt myself to highlight and to write and to take notes when I'm reading. So it speeds things up a lot for me. And, and then I upload uh, those notes and I just keep them by, by, by not, not actually by biography, but by a uh, person, because I will read multiple biographies per, per person. Wow. That's awesome. I love, so I assume then audiobooks is not a huge part of your research that way. It is. They, they are actually, but it's always supplementary. So okay. yeah, that's a good point. So sometimes I'll jot notes when I'm listening to audiobooks, but usually what's happening is I'm doing my primary research on someone. This is a kind of idiosyncratic, I guess. And then I will actually be listening to an audiobook on someone else who I've already done the reading for. Oh, exactly. interesting. Obviously not at the same time, right? But uh, no, no, right. like right now I'm reading books about Brigham Young, but when I get in the car, I'll start listening to an audiobook about Vladimir Putin because I've already done some research, doing yeah. an updated episode about him. Um, and so you have the context in your head already and you, yeah, book. yeah. yeah. It, it's a little weird to be like, uh, it's, it's a little weird anyway, but yeah, that, that is no, it's a great. Great system. Also, I'm really excited about this because our creative director, Carlton, is a huge fan of you and your show. And he and I fight over Notion constantly. I'm very pro Notion. He hates Notion. So I can't wait to, to clip this. And what, what does he hate about Notion? I think he is, I, I, well, I'm not, I'm saying this for my, for me, he's like too smart for Notion. So like, I'm sure you use it in a very advanced way, but he has so many ways that he uh, thinks about things and wants to be able to write his own automations. And so there's, there's other tools that he likes to like really customize. And I just like to like write words like a dummy. And so yeah. just, <laughs> I, I'm like you, I actually, I talked to someone the other day who, who was walking me through their Notion instance and was like, yeah, all this programming. And I, to me, Notion seems very robust because yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dummy like you, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Hey, real quick, no ad this week, but I did want to let you know that all of our episodes are available over on YouTube. If you're like me, I sometimes like to see the faces of the people I'm listening to as they talk or laugh and tell stories. And so we wanted to make sure we made that available to you. Plus, our team takes the best little pieces of advice that our guests give and publishes them as shorts as well. So check it out. Search content is for closers on YouTube and we'll link in the show notes below as well. Let's get back to the interview. Okay, so you you start, that's kind of your capture process. Take us through then. I know you like um, script your episodes, right? You 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 manuscript them. So what, is, yeah, what does that look like? That sounds um, very time consuming, but, but what does that process look like? Yep. So I take all those raw notes and then I kind of start copying and pasting over the, the points that I do think I want to make. And then I just try and rush through a bad first draft and then edit, 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 do, do a lot of editing. And I, I very fine tunely script it. I script every single word until it's perfect. And then I completely ignore the script when I read it. Really? And not completely. Right. But I, there's a, I do a lot of improvisation and a lot of changing sentences on the fly. And, and I ignore a lot of my script since I do that. I, I tried, you know, just doing bullet points and doing rougher scripts, but something about that process of dialing in every single word, mm. it just helps me know the material really, really well. It helps me feel comfortable, frankly, helps me feel like, okay, I can go off on these tangents because if I kind of get lost and I don't know what I'm saying anymore, I have something to come back to and a sentence to read and I, and I feel safe and comfortable. So 
it's kind of a weird thing, but I have to do it that way. I found no, it makes total. So you and I, I felt this like, I don't know the right word. Vibe is not the right word. I feel like we have this somewhat of a connection because you are grew up in the Mormon church. Is that right? Yeah. And so I grew up evangelical and basketball, is, you know, huge passion. So we've got that. And then, but with the, the church thing, I, so I thought I was gonna be a pastor for a long time, took all these classes on, on preaching. And they would have you do the same thing, right? Like manuscript out your sermon down to the word. And then when you're delivering it though, you're supposed to deliver it as if it's off the cuff. And I always struggled with that because I'm actually better off the cuff, but I struggle to, to delineate between the two. But I can see how if you've manuscripted it, if you have all those references, if you have all those, like all that detail, then when you get lost because you are trying to tell a joke or whatever, then you have something to come back to that's solid and concrete and has all the facts. And I, I, is that kind of like a similar parallel to what you're doing? Yeah, that, that's interesting because, it, you know, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we don't have professional clergy. So it's just members oh, okay. of the congregation who give talks. So, yeah, I also grew up giving giving talks in church. Oh, there you go. And that was kind of how I honed my my public speaking ability. So, so there's a lot of similarities there. So, yes, I, I do think. But you're exactly on with, with why cool. it is that I do it that way. I do think just to finish that note there, we, Sam, at one point said that you, he, and Sean could take any three on three grouping. I believe, <laughs> I believe. We I mean, not, not, so not in the world, obviously, but <laughs> what, uh, we just feel like we're, we're pretty strong in the, in the kind of text Twitter space. No, I, I get it. I think we, we, that, that made its rounds in our Slack. I think we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been getting ready I, for this unseen, uh, probably that will never happen tournament that we're, we're all excited. Where, where are you based, Adam? I'm based in South Carolina. Our team is kind of all over the, the Southeast. So, well, yeah, that would be tough. It's, it's a long, uh, it's a long, long trip, but anyway, that's great. So, okay. So you go through the manuscript process, you do your, your initial recording. And then I assume that's, that's not what you end up publishing, but yeah. maybe it is. That's right. So again, I use the script for editing the audio, which just speeds up the process a lot. Can't, can't say enough good things about that software. These days, it's, it's not actually me who does the editing. I have someone to do that for me, although it was for, for a long, long time. And, but, but at that point, the editing, you know, as I'm recording, I'm making decisions about what I want to keep and what I don't, and, and things will feel good or not as I'm saying them. So by the time it gets down to editing, it's really just removing any flubs or anything like that. And, and then I guess the last piece is anything that I end up not putting in, I save for my end notes episode, which I've started to do a lot more of now as a way to kind of capture all the random notes that, that didn't make it into the, into the main narrative. Yeah. Very cool. So where do you see this going? Like with, I didn't, with the amount of writing you have done that you've done and, and that you are practicing each episode, like I could totally see you doing volumes of you know, a book or so, like, is that ever on the horizon or has that crossed, crossed your mind at all? I do. I, I would like to do a book at some point. Yes. Um, but what I don't want the book to be is a money grab, but that's a regurgitation of my podcast. So mm-hmm. I think I'll launch into the book when I kind of have the time and something to say. Sure. I've got actually a, a few kind of themes that I've touched on in the book that I would love to dive deeper on. Mm-hmm. So I've got some, some ideas. I, I do think I'll do that at some point. You know, the podcast, you know, luckily as I've gotten involved with My First Million, gotten to know Sam and Sean, they have connected me with and helped me find opportunities to make money. And 
So I don't need to make money from how to take over the world. Mm -hmm. I'm making some money from it. I'm just kind of enjoying it right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm enjoying, I keep telling myself, oh, I'm going to keep putting out episodes every week and I'm really going to put my nose to the grindstone. And then it turns into something that I don't love and it turns into something I, I have to do. And then I back off a little bit. So I don't know, I'm always pulled in between those, those two ideas. Mm -hmm. I'll probably start doing the, the content a little more often, but right now I'm mostly enjoying it. Yeah. Well, it comes out in, in the work because it's enjoyable to listen to, you know, for that reason, probably. And I, I think it has similar, the reason I thought of a book is obviously the Naval, Naval got a lot of excitement and press and you're doing something different, but the curation of ideas is similar, right. As to something like that. And so was just, was just curious on that, but yeah, you've obviously had a lot of success with it. Obviously you're working with the guys with my first million now, but what is the, what is the best or maybe the coolest outcome for you that you've experienced through the process of creating a show like this? Well, there've been a few, it's really changed my life. I mean, it, it has completely changed my life. So when I started it, I was a part of a startup that was in the process of failing, uh, the process of coming apart. And uh, I was living in my parents' basement. To, I had just moved into my parents' basement to save money. I just broken up with my girlfriend because that relationship had not gone well. I was actually in a, I don't want to like give people the wrong impression. Like I wasn't a loser. I had had some things going for my life, but at the same time, I was at a low point in my life. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons I was maybe looking for a little more inspiration. Hmm. And I really didn't know where I was going to go and what I was going to do next. Since then, so start the podcast. It's time to find a new job. I was probably going to go do what I had done previously in my career, which is, which was management consulting and uh, and a little bit of of brand management. And on a lark, I sent my podcast to a few production companies and said, "Hey, do you like this? Would you be interested in in letting me produce for you?" And one company got back to me and said, yeah, we really like it. Do you want to come be a producer? And I was going to make, you know, half of what I had been making last time I had a real job yeah. before startups, but that was okay. I was interested, you know, I really liked doing the podcast and I thought, okay, let's see if I can make a career of this. I go, I do that about a year later, me and one of the senior management from that company leave, start our own studio. That studio does well. Um, and then, you know, probably one of the biggest moments. So many of your listeners, maybe not all will have heard of my first million, but it's right. a, it's a pretty big podcast in the business and entrepreneurship space. I was a huge fan and uh, you know, those guys that hosted their names are Sam and Sean. And to me, they're, they're like celebrity. I think of them as celebrities <laughs> and I am sitting there one day. I was, uh, in intervening years, I had gotten married, had a kid, but it was over the summer and we live in Virginia, but we were staying with my, my in-laws in Utah. And I was up before everyone else and I'm sitting at the kitchen table and listening to my first million in the morning and doing a little email and I'm listening and Sam says, I have to tell you about this, this podcast I've been listening to. It's incredible. It's called how to take over the world. And I think, huh, there's another podcast, how to take over the world. That is what are the chances? And you know, he starts going on, he says, by this guy, Ben Wilson. And I kind of freeze. I'm like, I, you know, it's like watching a TV show and all of a sudden the TV show like looks up, you know, at the screen and is like, Hey, you, I'm talking to you. I'm like, Oh wait, what's happening here? So and so they were big fans of the show. And then I've had a chance now to go and, and start producing for them and be involved in, in that world. 
And so I don't know, like what is the biggest difference or biggest outcome? Like I make more money. I do what I love. I'm happier on a day-to-day -day basis. It feels good to be acknowledged and for people to know who I am. They're just, my life is better in almost every single way. So yeah. it's, it's kind of hard to know where to start. Um, so cool. from, from this podcast. It, it, it's awesome that you didn't, you didn't start from a place of like, you started out of your own creative curiosity and all these things have, have come out from that. I do think it's funny. I've uh, my buddy, Sonny bird. We actually shared office space for a while. And uh, while we were sharing office space, Sam and he had a similar experience. So like Sam and Sean talked about his business. He has a business rock returns where you can send in your, yeah, if you have an e-com company, you can send it, have your return sent to him. He packs and, and ships it back out. And they said, Sean was like, yeah, my buddy <laughs> has this rock returns company. And Sonny and I were like, dude, you're the buddy. Like, <laughs> it's just such a funny moment when that, when that happens to someone, I think. But so what, what, what is the impact of being with those guys and being on that show? Maybe it's just like the way you think, or you said like connections or how, how has that impacted the tra trajectory of the show or of your career? Either, either really either or. Yeah. So, I mean, first it 10 X my downloads. So that was nice. Wow. Yeah. That, that was a huge boost. And then, well, I'll just start listing things. One is access to capital. So the great thing about producing for a show like that is you have these very wealthy people who come on mm. and they get to know me as long as the episode goes well, they, they like me, they trust me, they learn that I'm competent and not only that, but I'm like in a little bit in a position of authority, you know, getting them set up. And so that has freed up some capital, which has been really nice. So those people trusting me and, and offering to fund things for me, Yeah, the, and, and other connections, you know, advertisers have found me through my first million and reached out to me. And so there've been money-making opportunities that have come through that. Uh, the other thing, the, I, I think the biggest thing though, is just being around those guys and their confidence that things can actually be done, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, like you were talking about a book just now, and I had wanted to do a book. I had wanted to do a course. And right now, Sam is letting me run his course. And um, I'm seeing how that business works. And I'm getting to get in the details and get involved with it. And it's amazing. Now I feel way more confident that that's something that I could actually do. And, and I know how it could be successful and I know that it could be successful. It's almost just the confidence that comes from that, from being around people who have done it mm -hmm. and, uh, who can show you exactly how to, to do things to be successful. Yeah. What a great training ground to be able to, to execute on, you know, it, those, those numbers, like you said, come, come pretty quickly. So if you're just jumping in on your own, you might start with you know, a few or a couple hundred or whatever, beginning to see that scale and then, and then do it on your own is, is pretty cool. Um, well, Ben, I just wanted to kind of get a chance to hear the behind the scenes, get a chance to hear how you, uh, are building the show. I know a lot of people are obviously fans of my first money, but I think there's, and you, I think, you know, this, there's, there's a lot of people who are specifically fans of how to take over the world. The, the, it, it's a different show. It's a, um, show that you can take a walk to and feel stimulated and, and like you're learning something. And obviously it's a lot because of your back work. So we appreciate everything that you put into it. I would just be curious before we let you go, any specific trends or, or, or content ideas that you have that you're particularly excited about right now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's interesting. I'd be interested to hear what you think because 
I think new trends are, how do I phrase this? So much has been done at this point. Mm -hmm. Like media is so saturated and it just feels like so much has been done. And there's no new platform now that's coming out. I mean, there's TikTok, but even TikTok, like it used to be when a new platform would come out, it'd be weird and it'd be niche for a while. Mm -hmm. And, and then it would get mainstream over time, but there was time for that arbitrage before everyone figured it out. And it just really feels like the time of that free arbitrage has been steadily decreasing, right? So like TikTok was just not that along for that. TikTok was not around for that long right? before everyone kind of figured it out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And, and TikTok was not that big of a change from what had been there before. Yeah. And it just feels like the next thing is going to be even more just iterative and, and adapt adopted quicker. So, so that's the first thing is like, I don't know. It feels like everything is starting to get stale, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it's going to get harder and harder to, to stand out with that. I think you have to, you, the, the requirements are higher in order to stand out. So higher production quality longer content i think longer form mm -hmm. is is the way of the future like people clearly love joe rogan and dan carlin and these podcasts that are three to five hours long like i think longer is going to get to be more and more normal and yeah the, the bar is just going to be raised in terms of you know right now it's just me and a microphone and a guy talking and i'm looking at all right, do I need to add some more production elements? Do I need to add some background music and uh, some sound effects and things like that? Mm -hmm. And um, maybe that's going to become necessary as it becomes more and more difficult to get heard. I just, can you imagine with the amount of work that it takes you to do what you do now, what some, and obviously they're completely different stylistically, but, but what some of these people do creating three to five hour episodes, I know it feels like they're just talking, but they're not. I mean, that, that takes a lot of work. I can't. I, I just can't fathom creating that. That's such yeah. a different bar, you know? Yeah. No, I, yeah. Especially one person in a microphone, like Dan Carlin does that, you know, four yeah. hours of just him talking and, whew. but you know, the one that really blows my mind, I don't know if you've heard of the fall of civilizations podcast. Have you listened to that? No, you should listen to it. Even if you don't care about history from a production quality standpoint, it is extremely interesting because of the production design. And now that's a podcast that has a team of, I think, probably a half dozen to a, a dozen professionals working right. on it. But I think that's that standard of quality. It's like, uh, have you listened to Business Wars? Yep. That's on Wondery. That's, that's another one that has pretty good sound design and sound quality. Yeah. And I think the good news is that there are tools that are coming out that are making that easier to do and making that faster for people. So, so you want to look out for those, those tools. I just saw a new AI tool. Gosh, I can't remember what it's called. But what it does is it turns your podcast into YouTube, essentially. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it uses AI, it listens to your voice, and it finds open source images that are related to what you're saying and oh, it makes wow. like a little slideshow so that you can just, so there's visuals for your podcast and you can upload it to YouTube. If you got a podcast like mine where it's not really, I don't, I don't know that I just, I'm not interviewing anyone. I don't right. just show my face the whole time. And so I think you could see that type of thing for audio as well, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, we will, with minimal human effort, scan your podcast and automatically insert some background music in order to, to help people up that production 
value for for pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's that. I'll have to find that and 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 link it in the notes below. That's super interesting. To your original point, I, I I am interested to see. I think what 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 kind of what you were alluding to is like it's harder to get your name out there and trend following is sort of a race to the bottom. Or that's at least I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's what I believe. And so I do think though we'll see a consolidation of media brands and then a return to maybe some older executions with that. So like, for instance, we've had on here before the guys from Flying Magazine, you know, obviously they're an internet media company. They're doing all these things that are, that are digital media, but they also brought back a huge print magazine that they sent out every month and it's beautiful and it's super well-written. And so I am interested to see how like some of these newer brands, like, like to take my first million, for example, leverages some of the things that have been like tried and true, whether it be analog or other just kind of more historic media sources that I think that, that, that is interesting. Yeah, I do too. One of the things that I have thought about is look, it's so hard to come across empty advertising real estate, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that is kind of left open now with the decline of newspapers is people's front porch. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder, like if you're a media property and you create just a really high quality old school newspaper, you don't, you know, there's a reason the old business model didn't work. So you right. don't want to put in all that cost into uh, reporting and paying journalists and all that. But if you can just essentially like transcribe your podcast, get some high quality visuals and, and advertise yeah. and, uh, and print it cheaper than uh, the newspapers were doing. Like that's a place people have to look that yeah. is just, uh, it's not even challenged, right? Yeah. Now, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so I am interested. I, I think you're right that the people are going to get creative with, with those type of things. Cool. Well, Ben, again, thank you so much for spending time with us, for sharing how you've, you've come up with your show and all the things that you've continued to do over the last several years. If people want to check out your show, you, all the things that you're doing, what's the best place for them to uh, follow along? Yeah, just go subscribe to How to Take Over the World wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to follow me and I, I keep people updated on new episodes and stuff like that, I'm on Twitter at Ben Wilson Tweets. Awesome. All right, man. Appreciate it. Hopefully we'll catch up soon. All right. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content is for Closers. We hope you find this show really helpful as you grow your business with content. Maybe you know of other people who would find this show helpful as well. How about you send them our way? If you didn't like this show and you want to tell us that, then you can head over to contentisforclosers.com where you can send us a message, give us some feedback, ask questions, or find detailed notes for every episode. Until next time, keep creating and keep closing. Keep closing.